Hi, everybody. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this edition of Tellage Talks. And today our guest is Ted Ginn Sr. He's a longtime high school football coach, also the track coach as well, at Glenville High School here in Cleveland. If you're from outside of the area, I want you to know his story. Many people in Cleveland are already aware of what he has meant to kids here in the inner city in Cleveland. He's the headmaster at the Ginn Academy, a charter school that he founded. And though his tar blooders were in a title game before and lost, they broke through this year and they won the Division IV championship recently in Canton, Ohio. Ginn has battled pancreatic cancer. He is still kicking and taking names, if you will. And in his mid to late 60s, he says he has no plans on retiring. He has deep faith, and that has guided his life. And we have had, the two of us have had many conversations over the years about his mission of lifting kids up and giving those inner city young people a chance and a purpose in life. It's a daily battle. I sat down with him just a couple of days after his team became the state champions. Here's our convo. We are here with the state champion. Does it feel different, uh, Coach Ginn? Uh, I mean, I'm excited about the accomplishment, but you know, it's time to go back to work, man. <laughs> you know, so, but I'm good. What was it like that night? Uh, you know, it was it was an amazing situation when you uh, accomplished something that uh, probably was the biggest accomplishment that I've ever been a part of just by, you know, because of the, and nobody else had never done it, you right. know. So it was kind of emotional for me, uh, because I thought about all the other people that came before me and never could accomplish it. And and that kind of broke me a little bit because I know all the older people that when I was coming up, you know, and with your Linda Jackson and Roy Kids and all those people like the Sonny Harris's and, you know, uh, Phil Geary, mm. you know, those are people that... You know, and there's many more. I go all the way back to the 60s, 65 with, with Mr. Crawley, and I was a kid coming up, and they had great teams, but, you know, never could get in position mm-hmm. for to win a state title and um, to be in that position, and that was based on Leonard uh, putting the Senate in, in a one league so that we can try to uh, qualify. You know, and so that's a lot of stuff, man. A lot of people that have took, taken a chance on me to be a coach and that stuff got kind of to me. Yeah, I saw you were emotional there with yeah. the, right on the field after the game, talking to the reporter on the sideline. Uh, but knowing you as well as I have all these years, um, it's great to celebrate, but the work's far from done, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, the work is just beginning, for real. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, you when you when you have a team and dealing in in the community like we're dealing with children and uh, and um, against all odds type situation, and you know the importance of of uh, coaching 
and having a team to really engage with kids, uh, to keep your hand on them, to try to teach them how to become uh, a global leader in the, in the world, uh, just a, just 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 being a productive man and being, you know, you have that opportunity to engage with them every day. But the football was was the carrot. You know what I'm saying? And once that leave, they go back to the real world. So that's the problem. Just like yesterday, man, my top receiver didn't come to school. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, you know, where's his mind? What What is going on? So that's the kind of stuff that bothers me. You know, everybody is, is uh, happy and celebrating, but I still got some people and some souls I got to deal with and, it's just that's the scary part and you talk about the whole concept of like the pinhole right you know the cup yeah. it's full they leave this academy after practice or after a football game they've they're full of inspiration and camaraderie and fellowship mm-hmm. and yet then the real world comes in they come back the next day maybe they don't even come back that next day that's right and uh, that glass is way less than half full yes that's the pinhole in the cup you know because they go and face the real world and they face where they their true life and you you fill them up and then you wonder well, what happened why your cup half full well when they go home you got people tell them you think you're gonna be something did you think did you think you all that you know, and they look at the, the the house on the street that's boarded up. They look at all the people standing on the corner. You know, all that kind of stuff empties the cup. You know what I'm saying? And you can't see it. That's when I call it a pinhole in the cup because it's leaking out. But it, the, the leak is all these different things they have to face. And when they hear, you can give them uh, some value and, and you can give them some hope. Once they leave, and that's daily. You know what I'm saying? That we're not talking about uh, once a month. We're talking about daily. They'll lose hope just like that, man. And so oftentimes we talk about what happens on the field, and we connect that with success as it relates to the real world, and that's all well and good, right, Ted? Mm-hmm. But your your idea of success is that day in February when you, you're you at a ceremony where so many kids are signing letters mm-hmm. to go to further their educations to make something out of themselves. Um, but this certainly helps uh, in, in the long run, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, anytime you can, uh, first of all, graduate a, a kid, you win it. But then, you know, if you can get them in college, you dominate and so I still got to fight to get to February. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, the world is different. The recruiting is different. The understanding is different just from a couple of years. You know, with the, with the pandemic, you know, we, uh, the kid was out of school almost two years. You got to fight to get them back on track uh, because this, this group, it's been out of school, so I'm fighting academically, I'm fighting socially, I'm fighting in their understanding. And, but football, they like it because they're just playing it. But that's not what we're trying to do. So when we get, you know, like now, man, it's, it's tough. You know, with the portal being like it's, like it's been, with people just jumping from here to there, 
the kids are not getting the same offers they would have got if it was just regular. Right. So I got to deal with that. I got to deal with with the kids thinking that I should be playing Division One. Well, a lot of Division One kids has got to play Division Two now. You know, and a lot of Division Two kids got to play Division Three. So that's a problem. So they mad. You know, so they feel like they I did all this work, mm-hmm. and now this what this what I got to look forward to. So you got to fight that too. I don't think people understand the hurdles that you guys had to hop over two two and a half years ago, when everybody else was playing football. I know mm-hmm. it was an abbreviated schedule because mm-hmm. of the pandemic, but you guys didn't play any football at all. How did you keep kids together? How did you rebound from that? Well, you know, this is, and I call this group of kids the pandemic kids uh, for this reason. What was meant for bad became good for us. Mm -hmm. So now you saw the results of it. And the only reason that happened, at first we was like losing our minds, you know, but now when I think about it and see I had time to you know, I lost some kids, and then some kids left and came back. But I lost some kids. But the kids that stayed, there was ninth and tenth graders. This now eleventh and twelfth graders. Um, it became good for us, and this is the reason why. And I said this to OSHA mm. in my press conference that you did a great job to, with us because. You allowed us to have spring football, and and I had a spring game with Lorraine, and it gave me all that time to teach and develop totally. And the result, you saw a little of it last year, but this year you saw it all. So I I actually not calling the pandemic kids mm-hmm. because now there I would have had time to develop them and and teach them and now and then fight with them to to go to school and different things like that. But athletically, it was the best thing. And I think they should do that for the whole state of Ohio because this is the type of results you're going to get, you know, because everybody had a chance to to train and put shoulder pads on and have uh, some spring games and, do some things like that. Yeah, it'd be exciting to see the potential that some kids can have when they're not exposed to the game day in and day out. So maybe in the spring, they can uh, accentuate some of uh, some of the skills that they they do have. You uh, you still feel good physically? Because I know you were oh, yeah. you were through so much you know in the yeah. past so many years with the cancer. Yeah. Where are you standing with that right now? I'm that? standing tall. I'm still standing. <laughs> Hey man, God bless me, man. So, and 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 I know why He did it, because of what I'm charged to do. I love to deal with kids. They're His children. He gave me a warning before. That's when He gave me pancreatic mm-hmm. pancreatic cancer because I had people around the children that that wasn't good for the kids, you know. So, uh, He. He gave me another chance. Once I got my shoes on my feet, I've been running ever since. When he when he brought me out of that situation with pancreatic cancer, and uh, it's a dangerous business, man. They're dealing with young people, 
and those are God's kids. And that everybody in this business need to know that. You know, you the leader is his kids. If your heart not in it, you need to get out of it. You know. And you you dealt with so much of that physical um, um, difficulty uh, mm-hmm. with the cancer, but you can hear it, folks. We're all not even ten minutes into this interview, and you can you can understand where faith lives with you in your day in and day out uh, uh, living. It goes way back to your days as a kid growing up in Louisiana. No, absolutely. We had our own church, and the church was named after my grandmother, Leah Hill Church of God in Christ. And my mother is named Lear, and it was on our land. So I was that little guy that had to go light the stove before church. And if I didn't have the church heated up, it was a it was a judgment day coming. <laughs> you were getting it on on judgment oh, day. That's right, man. You know, hey, you better get out and get that church warm. We got to have church. So I was the custodian at nine and ten years old. You know, so. I very much understand the, the spiritual base of living. Um, you know, I was raised up in it. And uh, not saying that I'm be straight all the time, but, you know, I know where my strength lies. And I know where it lies for all of us, you know. So that's the way I try to teach and lead the children, you know, because... My, you know, old people used to try to scare the devil out of you. And they had all these different sins and things that you did. So the devil going to get you, you know. So I can remember, man, when I caught the measles one time. And my grandma used to tell me, now, I know you're going out in the woods and you're killing frogs on Sunday. God don't like that. You understand? So I was down in the woods after church. And I was killing frogs. And how my grandmother knew that, I don't know. I came up and I said, I don't feel good. She said, you don't feel good? Then then, then she, I had a fever and whatever. She took care of me and put me to bed. She said, you, you, that's, 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 that's God getting you because you were down there killing frogs on Sunday. You know, she said, but never told me I had the measles. (laughs) But I stopped killing frogs on Sunday. I was sick as I could be. Those are God's creatures, right? That's right. That's right. Got to treat them the best way. But I was bad. You're a bad young man. Yeah, Nappy Brown. That was my name. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's. Are you going to coach track? Oh, absolutely. You know, I love track more than anything. And, And, you know, folks are very excited about your football accomplishments, but people should uh, not uh, go to sleep on the fact that you guys have won here um, more than one state championship in track and field. Absolutely. Many. Absolutely. But people haven't recognized we ran two state champions in 2022. We won the state in track. Yes. And we won the state in football. So somebody got to get some rings around here, man. They (laughs) owe us some type of ring. So, But we... you know, I, I, I can't remember anybody that have done that, probably except saying the nation with Chuck. With Chuck, yeah. Chuck used to win the tracks and football championships. So, you know, it's a, a lot went on in 2022, you know, so. Quite the year. Yeah. What do you think of Chuck? Uh, you know, he's stepping away. Oh, my God. And he's been such an amazing role model for a lot of coaches and kids. Well, you're looking at one. 
you know, that's my buddy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I feel like I'm alone now, <laughs> you know, because, <laughs> you know, Chuck did a great job. You know, I kind of modeled some of the things that I think and do after him. Uh, we have always had conversation about, you, you notice I didn't play, I don't play Chuck anymore. And it was based on uh, we, our friendship. Um, if Chuck win, he's sad because I lost. If I win, I'm sad because he lost. So we just said, we're going to stop this. We're going to look other other places unless we uh, meet up in the in the playoffs. But mm-hmm. we stopped that. And that was based on our relationship. When did it start? Just the first time you played him or you knew him before? Or how, how did those things go? I don't know. I think over the years, uh, early on, you know, he was watching me. I was watching him in, uh, in track and in football. And we started playing each other. And I don't – we just came together. Mm-hmm. And we went in the Hall of Fame together. And uh, we just kind of decided because we, we had all the respect for each one's program. You know, I, I got all this respect in the world for saying, for his program, saying the nation. He felt that way about me. You know, because, you know, we used to talk about, you know, he used to encourage me. I'm doing a great job of this and the other. And I don't know. We just kind of got to that point. So we just going to look other other places because of the value oh, and the things that he stood for and the things that I stood for. But the, the battle wasn't – it kind of hurt both of us, you know, because I didn't want him to lose. He didn't want me to lose. Mm-hmm. But somebody had to lose, you know what I'm saying? So we'll kind of go our different direction. That's why I, that's why I never plan. Stay away from. Him. Yeah. Stay away from. Him, yeah. Uh, you feel good about the future of uh, not only football in the city of Cleveland, but just Northeast Ohio football going forward, Ted? Yes. You know, I've been doing a lot of um, a lot of stuff with with some of the coaches, uh, especially Ohio State. I've been kind of beating them up a little bit about our Ohio kids. We got a lot of kids in Ohio you know, around here. That that I think is being overlooked because of the the um, and not saying you know because everybody on this national thing but this Ohio and it's a different different situation and I tell that coach at Ohio State and I tell his assistant all five stars that get you beat you understand but you can't have your State of Ohio, and you got 20% of your roster is from Ohio, and 80% is from out of state. Yeah, it gets you beat. Yeah, I, you know I, what I'm saying. I, I, I take your point 100%. Yeah. I can go back to when your son, and Troy, and That's Antonio it. Pittman, and Beanie Wells, and and then Anthony Gonzalez, and I'm naming all these kids because they're Northeast Ohio kids. Yeah, but them are all my kids. They're all your kids. Yeah, yeah. Beanie Wells and and Boone Heron, and um, when I played against these people, even Marcus Freeman and all them, I saw them people in track. I would call Tracy that one there. Uh, Dane Sines and Barker. Sines and Barker, yeah, the guy from Toledo area. Nobody would have never knew him, but I saw him in track. And then I watched him, and so he, I put him on a camp tour, uh, Dane, Dane Sines and Barker. And that's how these people look. So now when we talk about this, the new way of recruiting, the, the, the portal, 
all that stuff, people are making and analyzing children that they don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're rating them they, and all yeah, the yeah, yeah. best 12-year-old 12, 12 yeah, kid and all that yeah. stuff. And so, crazy. so it's kind of taking the old school way of recruiting away. You know, just like I tell Ohio State, I say, George Smith was zero star. I have a trophy. Beanie Wells, and then I had Boone Heron. I said, Trash, don't look at that guy in Texas. I got a guy down here you know, in Warren that would sit and wait for Beanie to leave. All those guys went to the pros. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They wasn't five stars and three stars or four stars. So I, I named stuff like that. You know, all those kids you when what's the name was that Bukto. Um, yeah. That was another one of them. Trash. You understand? Take a look at him. You know, so that that's how we built it. You know what I'm saying? And I, now social media is building it. But how do you rate somebody that you don't know? That's pretty hard to do. You know, look at Kobe Bryant. I was just going to bring I, his name up. I, I begged everybody to take him. We're talking about Seattle Seahawks, outstanding young player. Yeah, talking about the Jim Thorpe Award, the best corner in in college football. But if not the relationship between Marcus Freeman and me and and, uh, Luke, you don't take him. But but the relationship made him take him. We don't take into account, uh, Ted, I think some kids develop later than others. Absolutely. And if you're rating kids at age 13, you're not taking into account the fact that there's a kid on that same team as the kid that's the four or five star who's going to develop and surpass that Absolutely. one kid that got all the accolades when he was 13 or 14. Yeah, but what you can't analyze and what you can't rate is what's inside. Yeah. You could do all you want to do on that field. Somebody you got to trust to know the mindset and the heart of that player. Kobe got it, you know, man, sure. and and he's proven it. And he got a chip on his shoulder. He's gonna keep a chip on his shoulder because he was under recruited, all the way down from from high school to to the pros. And he showed you he he probably leading in the pros of so many forced fumbles. Yeah. I think he's a leader in the NFL with that. And then I talked to people like Justin Hardy. You know, yeah. Justin Hardy didn't play here. He didn't play in college well. And But somebody's word and knowing who the kid is, he's six years in the NFL and he's a captain. But he was not rated at all. Never really played here. Never really played in college. So... This is the thing that I talk about, just about the children period. How do we continue to raise children that we don't know? How do we educate them and you don't know them? So what are we doing? And then we look at how dysfunctional the world is. Well, we know why that is, but we won't use the right answer. We know the answer, we won't do the work. You know the world is like it is based on a couple of things. First, the tree is broken. That's the family. The next thing is the social media. 
And you know, they, the kids are exposed to a lot of stuff. They're getting a distorted view of reality. Oh, no, absolutely. You know, and then all these things, when you talk about the major influence in raising people, at the top of the list was family and church. You understand, when we came along, now family and church have made itself to the back of the bus. Yeah. It's social media. It's all that is is running our world, running, raising our kids, you know, and and uh, those are the things, man, that we have to pay attention to. Uh, tell us because every time you turn on that TV, well, why did that happen? Well, we didn't educate him. Why did he kill that person? We didn't educate him. Why are they robbing and snatching people out of their cars? Because he's not educated. The education have to change to what I'm telling you. Education got to be just like your home. You got to raise the child. And we plan, we, we're, we're playing with some people that we have never seen before because the world is different. Yep. We, you, was, you, was, you came from an era of this. When you looked at people, when, when, if you went to someone's house yep. and I come from... Well, the first thing they ask you, who are your people? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What church do you go to? That's how they identified people and families. That's over with. No family, no church. Now what we got? What's the rock in that in that life? Or is yeah. it all quicksand? It's all quicksand. Man, come on. Ain't nothing solid. Cody Hill. We know they, you was identified by what church you went to and who was your people. You know, our communities is not like that. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's in a gated community or whatever they're doing about their own. But you knew that if I stepped on Mr. Jackson's grass, before I get home, he done call my mama. You know what I'm saying? Yep. In the South, you was built this way. Who your people and what church you go to. That's how they identified you. Teddy, it, it's, uh, gosh, what, three years, I think, since I sat down with you and just had an in-depth discussion about life and things of that nature. Your son was still playing football. Mm-hmm. He's not anymore. Nope. Uh, his professional career is over, but there's a lot of work to be done for him, right? Absolutely. You never stop raising. You ne- That's over with, man, you know. He's 37. I'm still treating like he's 17. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But he's doing a great job. He he got his get elite program, and it always start out. Well, Dad, I don't want to do what you're doing. Now he's stuck. He got six or seven teams, and he's doing the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Because that's the way he was raised, to work and serve and to give back. And that's what he's doing. You know? Getting to those kids. Oh, yeah. And the first group of kids that I have now, this freshman, Ted had those kids since he was eight years old. So he had built them and taught them, gave them some work ethics and athletic stuff. He had trained them, and they've done study table, film study. So these kids, man, I got some seventh graders, sixth graders right now. This running that that's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? They like twelve and eleven. You know, and they they running like 
205 and a half. Wow. That's flying, man. I got high school kids, can't do that. Uh, we're just trying to make a different, leave an impact, and we just do it through sports, you know. Good way to end the uh, conversation. Perfect way to end it. Yeah. Congratulations again, Ted, to you on your championship. Yeah, thank you, T. You my man. man. <laughs> And there you have it. And I cannot thank Coach Ginn enough for taking the time to sit down and chat after they won that state championship. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode of Tellage Talks. And if so, if you would, kindly subscribe, rate, and review. And hopefully you can share this episode with people on your social media platform. And of course, I will take any feedback that you have. I have an email, jrtellich at yahoo.com, jrtelich at yahoo.com. And in our archives, there are interviews with other high school football coaches or coaches of other sports as well. Among those, Chuck Kyle, the legendary St. Ignatius coach who recently retired from football, Tiger Laverty, the great coach at Kirtland High School, Max Stevens, who does a great job at Cleveland Heights and others as well. Again, thanks very much for listening and we will see you the next time on Tellage Talks.